You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Hey, Humor, this is Jeffrey Jamala Simran from Jindu Desert Band. We love community radio 3CR. Support independent music and views on air called 94198377 to subscribe or online at 3cr.org. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show for Monday the 29th of August 2022. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and on today's show I'm going to be chatting to John Simon from Bike West and uh, it was about three years ago that I last spoke to uh, Megan Bridgeter-Darling about Bike West. So we're having a catch-up interview today, a lot of things to cover with uh, safe systems, riding to school, uh, getting kids to ride and... um, a whole bunch of issues to do with the western suburbs. A uh, quick bit of news and events. I'll just turn that down a little bit. Uh, there's a new Central Melbourne mobility map trial out at the moment, and that's on the engage.vic.gov.au uh, feedback site. And uh, what the overview of this is that the Victorian government is working to ensure our transport network is inclusive and accessible to all Victorians. Okay, there's your blurb. But what's happening is they're trialling a new interactive effort-based map to help people who use mobility devices find the easiest way to access Melbourne's sports and arts precinct. And there's a whole kind of more depth to this than meets the eye. And uh, there's, uh, it's on the Bryometrics website, and I will put that into the podcast description. But it's kind of going into uh, the the map will show you the easiest way where you get to know if you use a mobility device such as a wheelchair, motorised mobility scooter, walker, or on crutches. And it's not just um, connecting; it's uh, for walk, you know, pedestrians, cyclists, the like. And uh, there's a couple of ways that um, for the for the actual trial. This is running until the thirty first of. Uh, October and you can give feedback and there's a couple of information sessions but uh, people who you know be interested in this are people who use mobility devices carers and advocates disability peak groups and anyone using the map so uh, I'm a little bit pressed for time so what I'll do is I'll go straight into the interview with John from Bike West <laughs> I'm John Simons, I'm president of Bike West. Overall um, aim is, you know, we look at the west of Melbourne, trying to advocate for better cycling infrastructure with the basic idea to uh, 
to get more people on bikes. That's sort of our means for the end. Our, our end is actually to get better places to live. So, you know, more human-centric, friendly places to live. One of the best ways of going about that is to get more people on bikes. And the way you do that is have high-quality cycling infrastructure. So that's what we advocate for, and we talk to the local councils in the west of Melbourne, including Barabinong, Hobson's Bay, Windham, Brimbank, Melton, and to a lesser extent, Mooney Valley. You're surrounded by quite a few other cycling groups out there too, like Mooney Valley Bug and Brimbank just north. The thing is about your area, it just, it's almost bisected by huge uh, industrial roads. Do you have things like over there, like an informal quiet way or pe- how people get around, you know? It's... Do, do you mean how people currently get about? Yeah, or... yeah. How do people currently ride around there? Like, you know, you stay off Dylan Road for God's sakes, these sort of things. Generally, very, very few people take those local trips, which we advocate for. You know, our big thing is you should get cycling infrastructure for the AAA to the 4Ss, so that's all ages and abilities to the 4Ss with shops, stations, schools and stadium, whether that's community or arts or whatever it is. So very few people do that. The majority of people in the West 2 cycle are the sort of commuter types who would be commuting into the city for the most part. And we think the focus should shift towards trying to replace that high percentage of short trips. From my understanding, in Melbourne, about half of all trips are under 4.3 kilometres. So we're very keen to say, well, there's a golden opportunity to replace those short trips, get cars off the road, get people more active by getting good quality infrastructure to places where they want to go, like to the school, to the school, to the shops. You know, if they want to ride with, to the station so then they can catch the train and make it as easy as possible for them to do that. I mean, it's, it's a much easier thing to try and convince someone to ride two or three kilometres than expect them, oh, you know, you can ride 15 kilometres to the city. I mean, that's... We, we, well, we know people do it, but it's a much easier thing for someone to accept the prospect of riding two or three kilometres as opposed to, you know, 15. So we think that's, you know, it really work should be starting. Most people's, well, from, you know, from where, where we are based in the inner part of Melbourne, their first kind of uh, thing about the West would be riding either on, you know, the southern bit of Mooney Ponds Creek where CityLink did a bit of work 20 years ago or yep. Shepherd's Bridge, but yep. there's so much more beyond that. And, you know, the Maribyrong Trail, that sort of thing. But beyond that, there's a lot of Melbourne and a lot of people. Giving yes. what's go- yeah, Wyndham is just exploding, yeah. Yeah, it's nearly, I think it might be more than 900,000 people in the west of Melbourne now. So we're talking a lot of people and the infrastructure is essentially non-existent. They've painted some lines on a few roads, but understandably most people have a certain relatively sensible level of risk tolerance and they don't really want to be sharing the road space with trucks travelling at 60 kilometres an hour. So those painted lines are effectively useless. People do tend to ride recreationally along either the Maryland River or down by the Bay Trail, down to Williamstown, along to Altona. But even those under-specified, so they're about 2.5 metres wide, and Osro's specs say that if you've got more than 100 people per hour, and that's you know only one and a half people per minute, you should, it should be four metres wide, a 2.5 metre bi-directional bike lane and 1.5 metres of footpath. Because it's so congested, that leads to conflict between pedestrians and people on bikes. 
So that even those trails which could use need to be upgraded. Music lovers rejoice. The magical Sierra Feral returns for a headline tour this October. Bringing a band and her unique style of old-time bluegrass and country music, they will be joined by the one and only Johnny Fritz plus the local Isles in the Drip for a huge night of good times at Thornbury Theatre on October 13th. Sierra Feral Band also playing at Menian Town Hall 14th of October and out on the weekend at Seaworks Williamstown 8th of October. Love Police, proud supporters of 3CR. Connections from the West. What, what people's journeys? Like, you know, you were just saying, like, schools, shops, that, that sort of thing. You know, like, uh, I can't help but bring up, unfortunately, the things that have happened in Yarraville. We've had mm. a couple of deaths. It just seems that, you know, the, the media sort of thing that comes out, oh, but this is safe, people can ride here, we've done some treatments, and it's not. It's not even close to being safe. But, I mean, and so there's... There's an approach to the road safety called the safe system approach. It was uh, started in the um, in Sweden, probably no surprise there, by a couple of guys, Klaus Tingvall and uh, Anders Lee. And I was, when I was in Sweden, I was lucky enough to meet Anders Lee and talk through, you know, how they came to establish their ideas. And it's fundamentally, it's, well, it's two things. People make mistakes. Yep. Just accept that. That's your starting point. People make mistakes. And no one. Whether it should die or be seriously injured, either you or someone else makes a mistake. So from that flow, road design principles where you have to separate out incompatible vehicles and bicycles are a vehicle, incompatible vehicles in terms of speed and masses. So you cannot have vehicles travelling very different speeds and you cannot have vehicles of very different masses in the same road space. So what you find in Whitehall Street, a couple of people died in the last few years, is you have trucks, 30, 40 tonnes, travelling at 60 kilometres an hour, sharing road space with someone on a bicycle weighing 15 kilometres an hour. This is completely, completely, you know, it breaks all of the safety system principles, which big roads say they adhere to, but in, that's only in theory. In practice, they don't follow the safety system principles. If they did, then people wouldn't be riding, be able to, you know, there wouldn't be enough spaces where people on bikes are expected to share um, road space with people driving trucks weighing 40 tonnes. It's just completely nonsensical to expect to even think that to be safe because it just painfully isn't. And people instinctively know that. That's why people, the vast majority of people say there's no way of riding, but then you will get some people who have a high level of risk tolerance who will do it. And unfortunately, some, then people make mistakes the consequences of those mistakes are inevitably catastrophic. There's, there's something here that I want to pull out. Even if people aren't familiar with some of these things we're talking about, mm. there's, there's things that in Melbourne that are incredibly archaic and acronistic about how we plan our roads and how you know people like walking and cycling get about. And it goes back to some rugged individual sort of thing that you've got to contend with, for want of a better phrase, a fair bit of lateral violence and you can get around. And it's garbage, absolute garbage. 
what you've just said pays us out. There are better ways of doing it. And mm. why why there's a push for separated infrastructure for cycling, why we shouldn't really be riding on footpaths unless it's a shared zone of 10 kilometres. Yeah. We've got a few of those in Yarra. You no doubt have some out there as well, and that's a completely yeah. different uh, proposition. But there's there's this thing, and I'm not going to point the figure at Department of Transport or Vic Roads, but there seems to be this hangover of you've got to be some rugged individual. And it's like, this is repugnant to me, and it's probably repugnant to anyone who simply just wants to get about, and it's about time we stopped pushing this. You know, we could go back to people like John Forrester, if you just want to look up this guy. He, in the 70s, decided to get stuck into Melbourne's first bicycle plan, which was in Geelong, just, you know, south of you, which was revolutionary at the time just because he could and he had some profile. And little things like that set us back. It's overdue. We have got to find better ways to get about because of emissions. And you just have a look at your environment and a whole bunch of things like, you know, Wyndham development, drawing in a few, few things here. Boobab Jazz. The Milky Way looks good in the night skies. The stars open a short from my dark eyes. Complex hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the set. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. Issue being, right away, there's a there's a dominant view that there are such things as cyclists. Okay, so you know, it's only the people who get dressed up in lycra. They're the ones who choose to do, you know, they're the only ones who ride through red lights and they're you know just rats of the road, blah blah blah. No, they're the people who are the ones who've got a level of risk tolerance that is so high that they who tolerate that sort of risk. But the vast majority of people don't. I mean. There's a famous study within cycling worlds, which I'm certain you know about, by Geller, who worked at Portland in the US, talked about four types of cyclists. So, you know, you've got the strong and fearless, which make up that tiny, tiny percentage. And then you've got the interested but concerned at the 60%, and there's the enthused and confident. That's right. So enthused and confident, a few percent. The interested but concerned that we make up 60, 70%, more sometimes. And that's what Lauren Pearson's research was. Yep. I mean, she did at the whole of Melbourne, as she found in the city of Melbourne, for example, between 85 and 90% of people would cycle if it was safe to do so. But they don't. And from a marketing perspective, if you really want to use that analogy, mm. it's called unmet demand. Yeah, and absolutely. and why aren't we looking at this? Everyone's going externalities, everyone drives a car, we've got to mm. make money, we've got to have jobs, we've got to have our side gigs, all this sort of stuff. It's like, actually, we have some very big externalities right now while we should be thinking about things a bit differently. And before you start throwing around, you know, not you personally, but the listener of, oh, that's ideologically whatever. No, our system which we live in, the environment, really doesn't give a flying proverbial about any of that. And if we keep going a certain way, which is fossil fuel based, we are collapsing our own living systems around us. Come back to cycling. Why we've got to find a different, more comfortable, convenient and safe, pleasant way of getting about, which is active transport, public transport, and what Bike West are doing. You're you're doing a survey to find out things from people. Yeah, we're doing, we're starting a survey, we're calling it the near-miss 
project. It's based on other projects that have already been done, but not, nothing really specifically for the West. There's been a black spot one a few years ago, but we're, we're talking about, we're doing a survey which where people can register, okay, this has happened to me. It doesn't get reported on any official statistics, but it was sufficiently scary enough to put someone off cycling basically for their life. These are the things where someone flies past you and, you know, 60 kilometers out and gives you 10 centimeters of room. It's just, okay, you have not been physically hit, but it is terrifying. Most people who ride a bike regularly will this will have you know they will have experienced this at some point, but you know some people get used to it. Other people say there's literally no way they're doing that again. When councils and state governments talk about you know whether a road or a path or is safe, they always go to the official hospitalisation rates or mortality rates. You know only two people in the last ten years have died in this area, therefore you know it's pretty safe. Or you know there's only been five hospitalisations. Well. That doesn't accurately reflect people's lived real experience because if just a couple of those close passes and, you know, that's one type of near miss, another type of near miss would be verbal abuse. I mean, who is going to enjoy riding the bike and just being abused by someone simply because they're choosing to get around on a environmentally sustainable, safe, quiet, really good for physical and mental health form of transport and they get abused for it. So they're going to say, well, I'm not going to do that. And that's another form of newness that we are recording because those are just as important and they're just as off-putting for people as, you know, physical newness. The Soul Must Me Centre for Performing Arts and Monica Singh Sanwan present a year-long season of solo and group Odyssey dance performances on Saturday, September 17th and 24th at Dance House and October 1st at Fairfield Amphitheatre. All shows will be accompanied by our live Odyssey Music Ensemble. Odyssey is an Indian classical dance style that is both traditional and contemporary in its intrinsic nature. Join us for what can only be described as a pilgrimage where the dancer and musicians merge together as co-performers. Tickets available via our website sohamasmi.org. This project has been financially supported by Regional Arts Victoria and Creative Victoria. We also acknowledge Dance House, Multicultural Arts Victoria and 3CR Community Radio as supporters in this endeavour. So all these things aren't reported. We want to collect these stories from people to present to councils and DNT or whoever saying no, no, it isn't safe. People do not feel safe. People do get hit. There are lots of things that happen all the time that go unreported and you base your decisions or your investment decisions on inaccurate and incomplete data. And we want to try to address that. So with the survey, I must ask, do you have some, like, uh, things like de-identification if you're going to present this publicly? Oh, yeah, it's all, yeah. it's all going to be aggregated. So, so there will be no way that anyone's personal details will be will be shared publicly. But it's it's more about painting a broader picture that, you know, people experience near misses wherever. And and that, that's one of the other issues with the black spot approach is that it doesn't work because all these incidents or accidents or, or near misses or whatever occur everywhere. And you have to take a systems approach to improve yes. road safety because without a systems approach, you're just, you know, it's a whack-a-mole approach and, it, and you never get anywhere. And Austroads know this. I mean, the, the, the Austroads have a published in 2018 a document saying 
best practice in road safety management. Okay, and they say specifically say that the black spot approach does not work. You have to take a systems approach to these things through to have continual improvement. And that's why our safety, even the motor vehicle and definitely cycling and pedestrian levels with plateau actually started to get worse in terms of fatalities and serious injuries because we're not taking that safe system approach. Even simple things around intersection design have not changed in 40, 50 years, which relatively easy and simple things you can change at the intersection to improve lines of sight, to get the uh, timing, the signals, and those sort of things are not being looked at, not being addressed. And yeah. these sort of things are vital and it has to be system-wide. The city of Yarra just recently done some protected intersection treatments in uh, Gibbs Street in Abbotsford. It's kind of leading on from what the stuff that's happened in um, Lansdowne in East Melbourne, which was yeah, the, the start of this. Yeah. And these are really simple, effective things that can be put in on high-quality routes. Absolutely. And they should be just rolled out because they're so effective. Absolutely. And, and they are the standard design in the Netherlands from the Crow Manual, which is the gold standard of um, road design for these sorts of things. What I find difficult to understand is the cost, how much it costs the crows to put these things in. I still struggle to get my head around why it costs them so much to put in protected intersections when it is only a few bits of a bit of paint, a bit of concrete, a bit of redesigning. And the figure I heard from that Lansdowne section was millions, which I was just was gobsmacked by the, that it's it, the cost is so high. Is it something to do with like changing the existing signalling that's embedded? I genuinely don't know. And yeah, because these things, intersections tend to be very, very complicated creatures for us who so are not very or fay with it. But there's a lot of stuff goes on in an intersection. I'm sure that's the case, but but I, I do think we are massively overpaying for cycling infrastructure. I am aware of a, a project Maribel Council did in Footscray, and it cost them nine hundred thousand dollars for three hundred meters, and so that's essentially three million dollars per kilometer. And you go, guys, it really shouldn't cost you that much money. And because they don't really understand that they just got three quotes and they got the lowest, but I think the infrastructure companies are taking them for a bit of a ride. I really, yeah. I, I do query why the cost of that ride. There was a joke explained to me quite a few years ago. It was about infrastructure. And it was called the New South Wales disease, and I don't know if it's still a thing or not, but mm. it's basically everything's horrifically overpriced and gold-plated. And I think we might be falling victim to, oh, these, these people might be a bunch of, you know, wallies. Let's see what we can hit them up for. I fear that maybe, I, mean, I don't know definitively, but I fear that there may be some truth to that. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, on digital and online, 3CR Radical Radio. About future projects for Bike West, how can people either join, get in touch, get involved with your activities out there, way out west? Well, well, <laughs> a lot of our activities are involved responding to council projects. So, so, so we have to try and keep a very close eye on the community engagement from the different councils. We have got a pretty good relationship with some staff in some of the areas where they actually proactively seek our opinion. But 
but we're always looking for people to help us on social media uh, to help us do with stuff with our, our web page so we can be contacted through our Facebook page pretty easily. So if anyone's prepared to give us some assist us in those sorts of areas as well as um, we occasionally do some stalls at different community engagement areas. But we're also hoping to work with some school groups to get some bike programs up with school. And one of the big problems schools have with respect to bike programs is the ratio of one to ten. They need to have one adult per ten children. So the costs that prevents them from putting on programs because they can't staff have two or three staff for one class. But having a person adult with a working with children check who can simply be there with the teacher will be would be enough for them to run programs. So that is something that we're very keen to uh, get a list of volunteers and prepared to to donate some time to help out with some school programs. We're working with a couple of schools to really embed cycling programs in the curriculum. That isn't simply about riding. One school has already started a bike maintenance course for all of their year nine students. So they do a week of pulling apart bikes and putting it back together and learning how they work. So it's been really good handle experience. And then we want to expand on that too. So what are the opportunities for that sort of STEM approach? There's a one event each year run by the RACV called the Energy Breakthrough Challenge, which is run in Maryborough at the end of November every year, where school groups uh, design their own human-powered vehicles, basically bicycle, but they can either do ones with electric motor-assisted or entirely human-powered and they put those fairings on them to make them really aerodynamic. So they, they spend a year designing and building their own vehicle and then racing it or compete this big sort of festival of sustainable transport in Maryborough at the end of November each year. And it's a fantastic thing. But in the Western Melbourne, only two schools really, one primary school and one high school, have been regularly participating. So we're very keen to for more schools to be involved in that respect. But also what we need from councils is to help Get them to help provide a safe place where schools can test those vehicles because at the moment the big barrier is there's no safe place for them to build something and then go and test it somewhere and if you don't have that it basically becomes a non-starter we can't do the program we've got nowhere to test our vehicle and that leads on to that you know the report by la trobe the study a few years ago said that one in three children don't know how to ride a bike I mean, people like Rimbank bike education center do some great stuff but it's just oh yeah they've been around forever it kind of goes back to the pedal clubs and Maurice yeah, Kirby really and all nice. that sort of stuff. Those guys do some great things and yeah. they start doing some programs with kids with disabilities, getting them mm. to learn to ride bikes. Oh, it's been great having a chat today, John. It sounds like Bike West are doing great work. Where do you link the new Miss survey from? How can people find that? They can go to our Facebook page and find a link there. We're going to regularly update it just to say to remind people to fill it in. There are a couple of other council engagement ones going at the moment. It's not just one incident. If you've got lots of incidents, that's great. And going back, no, we don't mind how far you're going back. But if you can include as many as possible, it gives us as broad a picture, as full a picture of the experience people have in getting about by bike.
someone to address The trouble on our streets cause they're in a right mess Too many cars, no space for the rest For the people on the planet and the bicycle is best On our streets And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR. And the song you're listening to is Our Streets by Dan Abrahams, and he's from Embra. And the uh, song is self-explanatory, and I also believe it's an ode to the 30th anniversary of critical mass across the world. Thank you to John for chatting today and a catch-up on Bike West. I'll put... Uh, quite a few links into the podcast description here talking about the safe systems approach and their near miss survey uh, 3cr us announcers presenters are all volunteers and your worthy donations and subscriptions help keep 3cr on air and uh, you can go to 3cr.org.au to find out more how to subscribe or donate up next is Shebop followed by black block Keeping a balance in a world gone mad For the health of your body and the health of the world Join us on your back and we'll tell them all There are streets There are streets On our streets There are streets Bikes are the answer Bikes are the answer CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.